0: to do this let's um let's go to uh psalm ninety one and and uh psalm ninety one and i'm gonna talk uh, for a few minutes on on this subject and and uh really it's it's kind of a two-part uh I believe it's a two two part message which I'll only do this this portion of it I'm gonna do it probably do a new series And I'm going to call it Supernatural Protection and Supernatural Provision. And um, as you turn there, I'm going to pray and then we'll get into this. Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for hungry hearts and hungry people. We just thank you for all you've accomplished this weekend at Life Church and the Men's Retreat. and, and, And we just ask you to speak to us again today, that you would lead us and guide us into truth, that you would meet needs. That you would answer questions, that you would comfort and edify and strengthen the saints today, and uh, meet every need. We give you praise and glory for it, In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. 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 And uh, and so I, I, there there are two areas of concern, which which really are the two most important areas of concern for any living thing, and one is survival, uh, you know, but uh, being. Pre- protected or surviving attacks and the other is provision or just just eating and, and, and paying the bills and just survival if we as human beings can can trust God I mean really trust God in a, in a personal living way for our protection that God's going to protect us and God's going to provide for us it would take a lot of weight off of our shoulders especially uh, you know if you're the head of the household, uh, if, if, and you, you're you responsible for the, the protection and the provision of your family, to know that God has promised to do those things for you takes a load off and, and really can release you to live life to the fullest. Because I'm not worried, I'm going to make it. I don't have to worry about those things. I'm going to make it. God's going to protect me. If you were going into battle and you knew that God was your shield and God was your defense, you could fight with total reckless abandon, couldn't you? Because you know God's going to take care of me so I can just do, I can just go all out. And, and that's the way God wants us to live life. He wants you to enjoy life, live it to its fullest, and not be bound by fear in any area. And we need to... We, we really do need to do a fear inspection every once in a while and make sure that fear is not the, the motive for our decisions. We ought not be making decisions based on fear but on faith in God. And the, the media and the world events, you know, the Bible says in Timothy that, that, that the, these are perilous times, these are fierce times, and things are going to get worse as we go on. And the temptation to be afraid is going to be there, and it's only going to get stronger. And if you watch the news, they, they just come up with new things to fear. I'll never forget the swine flu deal. You remember when that came out a couple years ago? they said a swine flu's coming it's coming out of mexico and it's coming for you and and uh, we my wife and i had a vacation planned to mexico and uh, so some of my friends or family said are you still gonna go i said sure i'm gonna go i'm not afraid of the swine flu swine flu are you kidding me i'm going to mexico and i went and my wife and i went and we were practically the only people down there So I asked the guys, the Mexicans, I said, where is everybody? They said, swine flu. (laughs) Everybody's afraid of swine flu. I said, Do you know anybody that's got the swine flu? No. (laughs) Have you ever heard of anybody getting this? They know it's in Mexico City. (laughs) I love the Mexicans. We love it down there. And and you know, and we we had the greatest time because it was like four to one. At the hotel, they took good care of us. I said, well, I've come to help you. <laughs> so, uh, but, but, you know, and that just, that just goes to show how, how the world runs from things that aren't there. The Bible says the, the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. And God wants you to live your life in a way that's bold, full of faith. And the swine flu thing was totally overblown. It was media-driven. It was just a big sham, really. I mean, a few people got it, but but it wasn't that big a deal. There may be times in the future where there will be real plagues and real epidemics come to our world. We need to be ready for that. We need, as Christians, to realize that God is going to take care of us that our life is not hanging by a thread, that that it's not just subject to being snuffed out whenever the devil or somebody else wants to snuff it out, but our lives are bound up in the bundle of the living. We belong here right now. We are the righteousness of God, and we have a right to do the will of God until we're finished. And when we're finished, then we'll go home. But I'm not finished yet, are you? And I have a right to expect to live my life and live it to its fullest and do what God's called me to do without this fear or dread hanging over my head that's produced by, you know, when I was growing up, it was Russia, Russia and the United States. And they took great pains in explaining to us elementary students how Russia had nuclear missiles pointed at us, and we had nuclear missiles pointed at them, and at any moment someone could push a button and start a nuclear holocaust, and then they took us out in the hall and they showed us how to do a nuclear drill. (laughs) (laughs) Like getting under a desk is going to save you from a nuclear explosion. (laughs) And I can remember as a child talking to my dad at night. I couldn't go to sleep because I was afraid nuclear war was going to start before I woke up in the morning. You know, that just makes me mad now. I I am not going to live my life in fear. I'd rather die happy than live in fear. There's an old saying, a coward dies a thousand deaths, but a brave man only dies once. Why am I going to be afraid every day of something that's only going to happen one time? I remember this cartoon I saw and there was these two fishermen out in a boat and they were fishing and in the distance you could see th- three mushroom clouds and the one looked at this is a definitely a guy thing the one looked at the other one and says what do you think that means and the other one said no limit keep all you catch <laughs> <laughs> Hey if the world's going to come to an end I'm going to take some liberties. Yeah. The devil has this habit of overreaching. And he's going to keep overreaching until we're going to say, fine. I'm just going to live like it's, there's no tomorrow. I'm going to enjoy life and do some things and be somebody and do what God's called me to do and not be afraid every day uh, of the newest wave of fear. Uh, the devil wants to paralyze the church with fear. And I'm not buying into it. There are things they've preached and told us were going to happen for years and they never happened. Somebody said, worry is like interest paid on a debt that you may never have. Man, I don't like paying interest anyway, but I'm sure not going to pay interest on something I don't owe. I've had it with that. Hey, let's be bold. Let's believe that there's a God in heaven that can protect us and guide us and help us do what we're here to do. And then when it's over, it's over. Yeah. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. Now, let's read Psalm 91 because it's just so full of, of encouragement. Psalm 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That would be us who are saved. We dwell in Him. And we, we dwell under His shadow because we're in Christ. So verse 2, I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Now, to me, this is the key to the whole chapter. And this is what we're going to do today. He said, the psalmist said, I will say of the Lord. He's my refuge and he's my fortress and he's my God and in him I will trust. How did you make Jesus your Lord? How did you do that? The Bible says you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth that he is what lord that's how he becomes your lord that's how you activate that promise i believe that you can activate this promise of protection the same way how do you make jesus your healer you got to believe in healing how do you make him your baptizer in the holy spirit you have to believe in that well there is a faith that we can have in protection and it's released the same way as faith in any other subject is released it's released by believing in your heart and saying with your mouth you can say of the Lord, he's my refuge, not the government, not the police force, not the firemen. Now, we can, we, God may use them to protect us, but ultimately, he is my refuge, he is my fortress, he's my God, and in him will I trust. Amen. What does that do? That makes Jesus your protector, and he's good at what he does. So let's practice that. Say this after me. I will say of the Lord, Lord, he's my refuge. He's my my fortress. He's my my God and in him will I trust. trust. There are times you need to say that when you're watching the news, when you're listening to bad reports, you're reading the newspaper. You need to just stop and say, wait just a minute. (laughs) The Lord is my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my protector and I trust in him. Doesn't that just seem right? Okay, now, verse 3. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Now, that's pretty good. Whatever the snare of the fowler is, that would be a trap that's laid for you. And perilous pestilence, I don't know what that is, but if you find one, uh, God has delivered you from that. (laughs) The perilous pestilence. Sounds bad. Sounds dangerous. Sounds threatening. God has delivered me from the perilous pestilence. Verse 4, he shall deliver or cover you with his feathers and under his wings. You shall take refuge. Isn't that good news? God is covering us and protecting us. Now, we get into the details here. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Or you could say the terrorist. You shall not be afraid of the terror or the terrorist by night. What does that mean? God doesn't want you laying in your bed at night scared. He wants you to lay in bed at night in faith. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Now, now you know, children are a lot of times are afraid of the dark. There are adults that are afraid of the dark. And, and and we know that when a child is afraid of the dark and they want you to come in there and turn the light on or whatever, we know there's nothing even more dangerous in the dark than there is. It's just the same room, same things in the room. It's just that the devil takes advantage of us when we can't see or we don't know what's going on. He takes advantage of us and tries to get us to panic or paralyze us in fear. But we need to resist that and say, I am not going to be afraid of the terror by night or the terrorist by night nor of the arrow that flies by day does that not bring us back to simpler times wouldn't it be nice if all we had to fear was arrows and rocks i mean it's really sophisticated now but back then they had arrows and arrows did kill people and, and so what the psalmist is saying, what God is saying is you don't have to be afraid of the arrow that flies by day or the bullet or the missile or the bomb or the grenade or the rocket or whatever it is. You don't have to be afraid of it because God is your refuge and God is your fortress and he is your protection so you can count on him. Can you see what he's saying here? I mean, God is against fear. He really uh, has come out against fear in any form in our lives. And fear is the root cause of a lot of problems in humanity. A lot of the the phobias and the the addictions and uh, emotional problems that people have, the root is fear. We need to just drive fear out. So I won't be afraid of the terror nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Very important that you get this. He didn't say that there wouldn't be terrorists. He didn't say there wouldn't be arrows or bullets that fly by day. He didn't say that there wouldn't be pestilence that walks in darkness. And he didn't say there wouldn't be destruction that lays waste at noonday. All of those things may be here and are here. But what he did say was, you don't have to be afraid of it. Amen. The Bible never promised us a safe society to live in. The Bible never said that he would defeat all of our enemies that we could live in peace and harmony one with another. That's not going to happen until heaven. And so we're going to live in a dangerous world, and we're going to live with threats on every side. God said, I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. What does that mean? That means we can live life no matter what's going on around us. It just I, I just I'm not buying in to recession and I'm not buying in to anarchy and I'm not buying in to danger on every corner. I believe that I can live my life and do what I need to do in the midst of any of that, because God is my refuge and God is my fortress and God knows how to protect me. Amen. You're just a whole lot better off believing that and saying that than buying into all the fear tactics of the media and the enemy same thing with this global warming and 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 you know let's not drill for oil and let's not use the resources that god put here for us to use because this is all there is well this may be all there is but life is the world's temporary anyway god's gonna when we're done with it he's gonna burn it up and guess what there's gonna be oil left there's going to be air left, water left, gold left. There's going to be a lot of things that nobody ever used. Why? Because God put plenty here for us. They want to tie your hands and keep you from living life. They want to paralyze the church and put it in the corner and tell them to shut up. Listen, we have a message that's more relevant today than it's ever been. We've got a word from God that will, that, that will liberate masses of people and, to, and the worse it gets, the more our light should shine. But we have to be in position. If we're running from the same things they're running from and we're afraid of the same enemies they're afraid of, we won't be able to help them. We've got to get immune to this stuff. And we've got to realize we're ambassadors from heaven. We've been put here by God to represent him to a dying, uh, scared world. Now, I'm not going to be afraid of the things everybody else is afraid of. Well, what if you die? I'll die happy. Amen. I don't believe I'm going to get on an airplane and it's going to crash and I'm going to die. I don't believe it's going to explode in midair. I don't believe a terrorist is going to shoot me from a tall building. I don't believe that. So how can you say that? Because the Lord is my refuge and the Lord is my, uh, my fortress. I trust in him. So, whoa, well, well, I knew somebody and, and they didn't make it. Huh? I don't know about them, but I'm talking about me. You ever known anybody that didn't get saved? Does that mean it doesn't work? You ever known anybody didn't get healed? Does that mean it's not for today? No. Protection is for today. Protection is for me. And in order to live life, we need to believe in it. We need to have that confidence that my life's not... The, the, the devil wants you to feel like you're just a speck in God's... In, <laughs> he wants you to believe you're a speck in God's in evolution's universe that really it just all happened by chance and you're here and you're just a speck and you could be gone at any moment and by the way, you're not any more valuable than any other living thing, plants included. Well, I just don't buy into that. And I don't know how anybody can. They must really not want to believe in God to believe that. But it takes more faith to believe in nothing than it does to believe in God that created everything. I mean, who, if you had a piece of artwork on the wall that was beautifully done, <laughs> people come by and admire and They say, who did that? They don't say, wow, another accident. That's awesome. <laughs> no, they say, who did that? Obviously, somebody did that. It's too beautiful and it's too intricate to, to just happen. Who did that? And you tell them, well, here is who did it. And, and then they look at the universe and the Bible says they are without excuse. When they look at the order and the beauty and the majesty of what God created and they don't, they don't admit that somebody had to, be, had to be behind this, they're without excuse. So this whole philosophy is to make you feel like you're an accident. You're, you're, your forefathers crawled out of the primordial soup. You know, you were a tadpole. And you developed and here you are. And now you don't think, don't, don't think you have any more rights than a frog because, I mean, really, we all came from the... No, we are the crown jewel of God's creation. We're the object of his affection. Everything was put here for us. And then he said, take dominion over it. I like that. I like it when man builds a road, when man builds a sidewalk or a mall. I really like the malls. And the the airport. I like it because God told us in the the book of Genesis, take dominion. Do what you want. You're in charge. You do what you want with it. Don't let the world envelop you. you. You dominate the world, and we are. You can't get that out of us. I like to go to SeaWorld and see them tell those big whales what to do, and they do it. I like it. We're taking dominion. We're doing what we were created to do. Don't you like that? We, we got to make sure that we're free from all this humanist thinking. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a job to do. We have a mission to accomplish. And God wants us to be bold and confident and to know that he's behind our every move, that he will supply and provide for us in the process and protect us so that we can do whatever it is he's called us to do. The apostle Paul said this, and I don't think he's in a different class than we are. We're all Christians. We all serve the same Lord and Savior. We all have the same rights and privileges. In Philippians, he, he, he was, here's a man who was getting thrown in jail. He got stoned and he was left for dead. He's, he was in four shipwrecks. Four shipwrecks. Man, if we have a flat tire, we wonder. <laughs> is God trying to tell me something? <laughs> have I missed it? How would you like to have four shipwrecks? I mean, they had him on the no- The no cruise list, you know, (laughs) don't let him on. (laughs) Come on, guys. Take the donkey. (laughs) (laughs) And he told the Philippians, he says, you know, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ. But then if I stay here, it's more beneficial for you. So I think I'm going to stay. As if he had that choice, and he did have that choice, and God honored that choice. and the devil hated it. And the devil's hanging on every word, Philippians. he was going, "You're going to go? you going? Are you really going?" And he goes, "I'm going to stay."." Ah! So what do you do? He put him in jail. He writes the Bible. Let him out. He's writing the Bible. Let him out. He starts church. He's starting church. Put him back in jail. They put him in jail. He writes the Bible. He gets on his last ship that ship ride that we know about. And of course, it wrecks. They float into the shore. They're gathering firewood. A poisonous, deadly snake bites the apostle Paul in the arm. And the snake dies. The snake died. Paul didn't die. Why? He has a right to live. God was his refuge. And God was his fortress. God was his protector. And he let him know, I'm not leaving until I'm ready. Jesus said the same thing. Nobody takes my life. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up. How many of you believe you have the power to be here right now? You have authority to be here. You're supposed to. Did you know that the wages of sin is death? It's sinners that ought to be dead, not you. You're the righteousness of God. You finally have a right to live. So live. I don't know what's going to be left for the second service. I'm pretty much giving you all everything. We'll just sit around and hum. Maybe I don't know. If I can't, get, if I don't recover after this, I'm just going to go home, and you can preach the second service. All right. Um, <laughs> this is what happens. You got you send a guy to man camp for three days, and then you want me to be normal. We didn't sleep. We were out hunting for food in the middle of the night. It was trying to make a fire out of two rocks. I mean, it was tough. (laughs) What makes you think that it's not going to happen to you? We've seen people die in plagues. We've seen people die in freak accidents. We've seen it happen. What makes you think it won't happen to you? Well, not me. If it was up to me, I'd think I'm just as susceptible to everything as anybody else. But the Bible says differently. I'm taking my advice from God. I'm trying to get my thinking from the word of God. And here in verse 7, it says this very clearly. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. How's that for singling someone out? Why do you think it won't happen to you? The Bible why do you think if destruction comes and misery comes and starvation comes, what makes you think you're going to survive? The Bible. Yes. I believe God knows my name and God knows my address and God knows he put me here. And God's guaranteed to help me get through this life. And he, when I do what I can, he'll do what I can't. Amen. A thousand may think about that. It may happen to a 1,000 on one hand and 10,000 on the other, but it won't happen to you. When the plagues came to Egypt, the children of Israel lived there in the land of Goshen, and the plagues passed over Goshen and happened to the Egyptians. The darkness was there. They couldn't light a, a candle and dispel the darkness, but the children of Israel had light. The frogs, the lice, all of the, when the firstborn died, nothing happened to the children of Israel. They were were marked by God and protected. God's still in the protection business. Verse 8, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Verse 9, because you've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, you know this is the Word of God. this isn 't just history this is these promises are for us today. Do you believe that yeah. these pro- all the promises of God in him are yes and in him. Amen. These promises belong to the church today. You can claim these and read these, and you need to to counteract the effects of modern life, to counteract the news and the information we get on a daily basis, we need to speak the Word of God, stand on the Word of God, believe the Word of God. It says, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Say, well, I've had evil befall me, and I've had plagues come to my house. We've been sick before. Does that mean it doesn't work? No, it just means you need to stand up for it doesn't mean that just because he said that, that you're never going to be challenged, that the devil's going to go, oh, okay, you believe Psalm 91, I'll go somewhere else. No, you're going to be challenged, but, but it's time. We, you know, we need to realize that we don't have to bat a thousand in the church to be successful. Amen. Babe Ruth was the, not only the home run king, he was a strikeout king as well. Right. if he'd have focused on the strikeouts, he wouldn't have ever been able to hit again. So, so it's not that we don't have any challenges and we've never been sick or never had a pain or never had a, a problem. Sure, we've had them, but you know what? The more words you get and the more revelation you get, the more you say, you know what? I've had about enough of that. And next time a plague comes to me, I'm going to stand up against it. It's going to have to fight a fight to stay here because I'm going to resist I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to believe God. Listen, you ought to resist depression if it tries to come to your house. You should resist grief if it tries to stay longer than necessary. You need to resist loneliness. You can be alone and not be lonely. Did you know that? So how do you know? I've been alone before, and I wasn't lonely. I just determined I'm not going to be lonely. I may be by myself, but I don't have to be, be sad about it. See, the devil will take advantage of us in any way that he can. And there's a real psychological warfare going on all the time. Really, Satan would love for you to just go kill yourself. That would make his job real easy. So he'll float that idea of suicide. (laughs) How about you just kill yourself? You ought to kill yourself, you know. You're not worth living. Just go kill yourself. And you reject that. You're a Christian. You say, I'm not going to do that. I I believe the word. of. I'm not going to kill myself. Then he goes, okay, then you ought to be extremely depressed. Would you do that? Because, I mean, look at all that's happened to you. You really ought to be depressed. Oh, no, I'm not going to be depressed. I resist that. And he goes, okay, how about just a little melancholy? Would you do that? And you go, yeah, now, I probably do have a right to be melancholy. <laughs> because after all, things haven't gone the way I thought. And if he can reach an agreement, then you can take that on and just be blue. How are you doing? Things have been better. Not as bad as I could be because I did think of other ideas. I resisted them. I'm a person of faith. So how much is he going to do? As much as you let him. Let's just stand up and say, no, no evil's going to come here, no plagues going to come here, no depression, no suicide, no murder. No, no I'm re- I resist it in Jesus' name. I'm going to be happy. I have a life to live. Did you know that I had a, a, a man, and it was a it was a heartbreaking thing. Sometimes you get understanding from God in the most difficult situations. But I was in a church doing a meeting, and this guy had had brain damage from some accident he'd been in. I think he was on drugs, and he had a car wreck. And he could, couldn't, talk very, couldn't talk understandably. He couldn't walk straight. He was really messed up, very, very limited. And, and he came to me, and he came to all the services. He loved God, and he'd just smile, you know, and listen. But he, he was dealing with his, w- with his limitations, and he came to me after service. He wanted to talk. He had to write it down because I couldn't understand him. And, and he said, I'm so sad. He said, I can do so little. Wh- what do I do? Of course, we believe in healing, but he's got to live between now and then. And, and it finally came to me. I said, you know what? All of us are limited. You're more limited than I am physically. But we're all limited by our bodies. We can only see so much. We can only say so much. We can only do so much. But we all have the gift of life. God gave us a life. And we as Christians have found Jesus. We know about salvation and we're going to make it to heaven. What a privileged blessed being we are because we have the gift of life and we know who Jesus is. If we don't accomplish anything else, we ought to be happy all the time. We ought to go to bed with a smile on our face and wake up with a smile because we know Jesus and We could not be here. You ever thought of that? You could have never been. But you're here and you know God. Depression, sadness should never come close to us because we're on our way to heaven and nothing and nobody can ever stop that. Hallelujah. Thank God for the gift of life. I was reading a book the other day called um, Character Matters, and I would recommend that to to anyone. It was written by the new president of ORU. And the last chapter, he talked about different areas of character, and the last chapter was on gratitude. And, oh, you're talking about... Everybody needs to read that chapter. It it was so convicting because he he talked about Americans and gratitude. And, you know, as a father, I believe in gratitude. How many of you fathers and mothers (laughs) believe... I mean you give and give and give and give and, 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 and there's no way how many of you figured out there is no way they can repay me you're in debt to me forever I don't care what you do you can never repay me for what I gave you and, and yet we don't want to be repaid but you know what I would appreciate some gratitude I don't mind doing this but be thankful and you know God's the same way he just he just wants us to be. We can't pay him back, and he doesn't want that. But he does appreciate it when we go. Thank you, Lord. I'm here. I, I I thank you for life. Thank you for living. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you. I'm an American. Thank you, Lord, for. And so he, Dr. Mark Rutland started saying, you know, there are people in the world that don't have a pair of shoes, not even one pair of shoes. Their dream is before they die they could get a pair of shoes. And 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 we gripe if we don't have the right brand of shoe the right kind of shoe to wear to school and and we have all of our other shoes in the closet and 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 there are people who don't eat every day They, they they can't they can't find one meal a day and we eat not only do we eat all day we we eat a variety of things it's never the same we we have endless variety and and he says you know it's time that we just Started And I was so convicted, I said, Lord, forgive me for ever complaining about anything. Thank you for my shoes. Thank you that I have clothes to wear. Thank you that I have food to eat. Thank you that I have a life to live. We have so much to be thankful for. Don't we? Thank you that I'm saved, that I'm going to heaven. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me for letting it be too complicated. He said, he said, Americans are like spoiled kids that never have enough. He said, we gripe because we don't have ice cream. God gives us ice cream and then we go, but there's no whipped cream on it. <laughs> and then he gives you whipped cream and you go, but there's no cherry. Isn't that sad? Listen, we, we ought to be happy. God doesn't expect us to repay him for what he's done for us, for allowing us to be born in the most prosperous era in the world history of the world, and the greatest nation that's ever existed, and to know God in the midst of it, he doesn't expect us to repay him for it, but we ought to be thankful, and we ought to be bold, and we ought to take what we have and and use it for good. Verse 9, because you've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Verse 11, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Isn't that interesting? He's telling us that he's going to cover us with his wings and in his feathers, and that's good enough for me. But then he goes on to say, oh, yeah, I've given angels uh, commission. I've told them to protect you as well. So the angels are on the job and no matter how many demons people see or talk about or how they emphasize the devil, listen, remember there's twice as many angels as there are demons. You got angels protecting you, watching over you, making sure that, that you your life is, that's better than a bodyguard, isn't it? In their hands they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and serpent. You will trample underfoot. We, We will tread on our enemies. I don't want to get to heaven and realize how much authority I had that I didn't use. Realize what I could have done or should have done. Let's find out now and let's live life. Let's take advantage of what Jesus has done for us. And, 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 you know, even if it takes some fighting, even if it takes a struggle, I'd rather fight toward victory than just live in defeat. It says, because, now look at verse 14, he kind of turns it around and God's speaking to us, first person. Because you have set your love upon me, therefore I will deliver you. And I will set you on high because you have known my name. You will call upon me and I will answer you. And I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you. With long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Those are powerful words. Notice there, with long life he will satisfy. You You say, well, who's that for? Whoever wants to believe it. I'm just going to believe for the long life. Long life and satisfaction not long life and misery long life and satisfaction there's a difference these things can determine your faith in these words can determine how you live your life how you finish your life I want to be strong and healthy I want my mind to be sharp I want to be satisfied with long life I don't ever want to despise life or despise the gift of life Or wish that I didn't have it. I want to be able to help people and be a blessing until I leave this planet. Praise God. How about you? Aren't you glad? Now, let's say this together. I will say of the Lord. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. And in Him do I trust. I'm going to believe God. And count on God to protect me. Through all the dangers of life I will not be afraid Of destruction Of arrows Of pestilence Of terror Or terrorists They happen But I will not Be afraid I believe God I have a covenant with God God is watching out for me God is taking care of me God is providing for me and I believe God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Praise God. i tell you what, we've, we've got so many promises, no wonder we have to come to church every week. <laughs> just to figure out all the stuff that God's done for us. That's what David said. Uh, for, I'll forget not all his, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There are many, many benefits. Would you stand with me for just a moment? I want to just give this invitation.